number five uh, tonight, where we were this morning, uh, talking about uh, uh, our representing, uh, our rep- being a representative for Christ. Uh, VBS meeting next Sunday, next Sunday after the morning service, uh, VBS meeting, uh, so um, please mark your calendar for that, uh, and then uh, be in prayer for the, um, uh, the group as they head out in the morning. Uh, they're going to be going uh, to the wilds. <clears throat> Me here at eight o'clock, and um, be heading up uh, uh, there to North Carolina. So be in prayer for them if you would. If you're um, if you're not part of being here, uh, if you are part of being here, uh, please be here on time. Uh, and I, I've always taught to be on time is to be early. Uh, if you are on time, you are already late. That's what I was always taught, and uh, military pounds that into you. Uh, hurry up and wait. That's what, you know, they want you to be in a hurry, but then, you know, they're not in a hurry. But, um, so if you could be on time, that would be great. They need to get out of here, get up there to the wilds, get everybody checked in. If you've never been part of that process, uh, number one, uh, it's a pretty good drive uh, up through the mountains. And um, uh, not so bad if it's like a couple of you. Uh, but when you're driving a church van and a truck that's pulling a trailer and uh, another car, uh, it's going to take them a little bit longer. And they get up there, and uh, and then they got to check in in two different places. So they got to drop the juniors off and an adult with them, and they got to go check them in. And then the rest of them have to go down and check the, the teens in uh, and the rest of the adults. And so um, it's a process. And uh, pray for safety, if you would, and pray for a good week this week. Pray that... Um, uh, the Lord would speak to their hearts, uh, uh, that uh, they'd open up their ears and their hearts to receive what God had have for them. And uh, I've really never, I don't believe, I can't think of a single time that I've been to the wilds where I'd said, you know what, that wasn't a very good speaker. Um, every speaker I've ever been uh, has always been dynamic, and uh, teens and juniors. And so um, I know that they're looking forward to it. I know that there are some parents and grandparents with a little bit of anxiety um, over uh, the trip. Uh, but uh, I said, listen, it's not a big deal. We, we sent our kids, except for we always went with them. <laughs> so we were always the counselors when we went with them and our sponsors. And so um, it is a little bit of a... Um, a big deal for mom and dads and grandma and grandpas as well. And so, uh, but it's going to be a great week and uh, certainly uh, looking forward uh, to it. Pray for uh, Matt and Marilorn and uh, Miss Lisa and Emma. They're going to be the sponsors uh, this week. And um, it's a little bit different being a sponsor at the Wilds than it is at a regular camp uh, because you, you're you more of an observer than, than anything else because they have, they're well-staffed. Uh, but they go, um, you know, from place to place, taking pictures, encouraging the kids and um, being at the, uh, you know, the, the different meetings and different things like that. And so pray for them and pray for their cardio uh, going up and down them stairs. Uh, I am so glad that I'm not doing it. And so um, it is uh, going to be a great time had by all. And I know. And so uh, thank you for your prayers. Uh, for them. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. We're talking about being a, uh, um, uh, an ambassador 
for Jesus Christ. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, uh, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors. The word ambassadors literally means to be a representative. We talked about it this morning. Uh, Unfortunately, um, we have... uh, uh, at least somewhat lost our identity um, in our country. Uh, we've lost our identity uh, in our families. We've lost our identity in our churches. Uh, and when you lose your identity, you lose who you are, then you lose whose you are. Understand that? When you lose who you are, you lose who you're representing. So, as a church, if we lose our identity as a church, what is Rinkin Baptist Temple? You ever thought about that? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a place where, where people meet. The Moose Lodge is a place where people meet, right? I mean, the, the school is a place where people meet. The uh, country club is a place where people meet. What is, what is the identity of Rankin Baptist Temple? Rankin Baptist Temple is a local New Testament church by, by every standards according to the Word of God. We are a ecclesia, we are a called out assembly. That's what Rankin Baptist Temple is. And, and so if we forget our identity, guess what we begin to forget? We begin to forget why we're here. You see, what ends up happening in many churches, what ends up happening in many congregations, is we become inward instead of becoming outward. You see, the Bible says to go into all the world and preach gospel to every creature. The Bible says that we are to be a lighthouse in our community. Uh, the Bible says to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. And when you lose your identity, you lose the reason why we're here, and then guess what happens? We, get, we begin to p- complain. We begin to grumble. Well, you know, the, the, the chairs aren't comfortable, and the air conditioning is not quite right, and this is not right, and I can't, don't have this, and you, we don't have this program, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't. And we forget that the local New Testament church is not this building. If this building goes away, Rinkin Baptist Temple carries on. Because Rinkin Baptist Temple are the people that congregate in this building or in this church. That's what the the called-out assembly. This church isn't a called-out assembly. This church is just a a building. Now, don't misunderstand me. I think it's a sacred building. I think it's a building that, as 
as, as God told Moses, take off the shoes off your feet because the place where thou standest is holy ground. I, I get all that, okay? But I want you to know something. The church is the people. And the people go on even if the building's not here. And so what is our identity? Don't lose your identity. You start to lose your identity, you start to think about only yourself. Because we forget who we represent, and we forget why we're here. And so we have lost, uh, at least somewhat, uh, our identity as a local New Testament church. And we've lost our identity as Christians. And therefore, we've lost our ambassadorship. We've lost why we're actually here. Um, it's kind of like, like going to work. Right, you go to work and 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 you complain and you say, I, I, "I just can't." Do you realize they made me work from nine to five today? Uh, duh, that's what they're paying you for. I cannot believe that they made me do in whatever your job is. Uh, duh, that's what they're paying you for. And if you're not there to do that, they can find somebody else to take your place. But let me tell you what we do, whether it's work, school, church, whatever it is, we lose our identity. We lose why we're doing what we're doing. And if you lose why you're doing what you're doing, you become self-focused. And when you become self-focused, well, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat worms. Anybody ever read that poem? I say that from time to time. You know, some of y'all look at me like I don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, worms that squirm and squirm. First one squeezy, goes down easy. Second one sticks to your tongue. Nobody's ever heard. Okay. Some of it. But what's the point? The point is we, we, we gripe and complain, right? And we gripe and complain often because we've lost our identity. Do you know why we gripe and complain about our spouse? Because we've lost a reason why we got married. Why, 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 did, why did you get married? I, talk, I tell young people this all the time. I, said, I, say, I say to them, listen, this whole idea that, you know, oh, I, I love her so deeply and I love her so... Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no talking about it. In 15 years, come back and tell me. Right? Are you going to love her when she can't? Do the dishes? Are you going to love her when her looks change? Are you going to love her when she, are you going to love him when he leaves his dirty socks on the floor for the 700th time? Are you going to love him when he gets mad and storms out the, the door and slams the door and goes to mama's house and complains about, you know, are you still going to love him then? See, this idea, okay, if you can love them then, okay, great, get married. Praise the Lord. You guys will be together forever. But we lose our identity. And when we lose our identity, we get ourselves in trouble. And that, it's in relationships, it's in school, it's in business, it's in church, and it is in our individual walk as born-again believers. And so we talked about this morning, if we're going to be representatives of for Jesus Christ. And number one, we need to be reconciled to God. We need to be reconciled to God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, verse 17, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We need to be reconciled 
to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, right? So that's the only way to be reconciled. That's the only way to get to God. That's the only way that we can have hope is by placing our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ did for us upon the cross as He died and shed His perfect and innocent blood and was buried and rose again the third day so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. The requirements we talked about this morning, there was a payment due. We're all sinners. We've all undone. We're all lost without Christ. And there's a payment due. It's kind of like the Old Testament sacrifices. Before Jesus Christ came and died upon the cross, what did they have to do? They had to sacrifice. And that sacrifice only covered their sin until the next sacrifice. And then Jesus Christ came and paid the ultimate sacrifice, so uh, we didn't have to sacrifice uh, anymore. But there's a payment due, and then there's a person's decision. A person's decision by faith, uh, the Bible says, uh, over and over and over again. It is uh, by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, you're familiar with the verses, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, uh, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It says, Brother Grace, are you saved through faith? Through faith. It's not a matter of how much faith. See, when you came to the table, so to speak, when you came to the crossroads, when you came to the decision whether to accept Christ as your Savior or not, you might have had more faith in me. It's not a matter of how much faith you have. It's where you place that faith that matters. Place your faith in yourself, you can have all the faith in the world. It's going to do you no good. You put your faith in your baptism, it does you no good. You put your faith in the church, it does you no good. You put your faith in a preacher or a person or uh, anything else. Put your faith in your own good works, it will do you no good. Not when it comes to going to heaven. We need to place our faith in the right place, that right place is the right person. See, there's a mediator between God and man. It's the man in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus, uh, by him and him alone, are we reconciled uh, back uh, to God. So we see the requirements this morning. Tonight I want to look at the second thing, and that's the results. That's results. What happens when we're reconciled? What happens when we get saved, we trust Christ as our Savior, what are the results? What happens when we're reconciled back to God? Let me give you, uh, I, gave you two, uh, I gave you three of them this morning real quick. Uh, let's elaborate on them a little bit. Number one, what are the results of reconciliation? Number one, verse 17, there is a new description. There's a new description. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. See, God, if you read the end of Revelation, the Bible says that one day God will make all things new. He'll make all things new. You see, the old things, when you get saved, this idea, it's becoming more and more prominent. This idea that you've always been saved is an erroneous idea. You have not always been saved. You were born in sin, and you stay in your sin 
until you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior for the forgiveness of your sins. And then after we're saved and reconciled to Christ, we still live with the flesh. You remember what Paul said? And I paraphrase, but Paul said this, the things that I want to do, the things that I know are right to do, I don't do those things. The things that I don't want to do and I know are wrong to do, those things I do. It's a battle. You see, Paul said it like this. It's the flesh against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another. They're contrary. It's like old water. You can take oil and water, and you can mix them, and you can shake it until your arms fall off. But when you're done shaking, they separate. Because how many times have we said that? Own water, don't mix. You ever said that about two people? Hmm. He's oil, he's water, they don't mix. True, own water won't mix and they will separate, right? And so we've got to understand uh, uh, the facts uh, that we are separated from God. And when we're reconciled back to God, we still have this flesh to contend with. You know, I wish I could say, but the day I got saved, I remember it. I remember it vividly. It's been so many years ago. I couldn't tell you the exact date. Couldn't tell you the exact day. Listen to me. I couldn't tell you the exact. The only reason I know it's Sunday is because I'm up here preaching. And we're here. And we're in the auditorium. It could be Wednesday, but I know Wednesday we're over in the fellowship hall, so I can't remember half the days anyways. But I remember the, I remember the day that it happened. And I remember it. I was on the USS Jack Williams. It was a guided missile frigate. And I went down to my rack. There was nobody there. I wasn't in a church. I had a series of events that happened in my life. Many of you heard my testimony. And I uh, went down my, my rack. Listen, I didn't know much. And when I tell you I didn't know much, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. I knew nothing. But I knew two things. I knew that I was a great sinner, but I knew he was a greater Savior. And I bowed my knee, and I didn't know the words to say, and I didn't know this. I didn't quote any scriptures, I, but, I, but I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart and my life for the forgiveness of my sins. And I remember getting up that day, and I remember that weight being lifted off of me. I remember... Of course, I was a, an adult, a grown, grown adult. And I remember getting up and just feeling free. And I wish that I could say that I left that rack. And from that day to this, I live sinless. I wish I could say that. Nobody in here would believe me. But I wish I could say that. I wish I could say I never said a cross word ever again. I wish I could say I never did anything inappropriate ever again. I just remember being saved, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, I'm free. And I remember, remember when you first got saved? I remember I could charge hell with a squirt gun. I mean, I was excited about being saved. I told everybody about it. And, and boy, let me tell you something. The world, the flesh, and the devil are real. It was a constant bombardment from that day to this. 
a constant temptation, a constant bombardment to, uh, to do right or, or to do wrong. It's your choice. You get to choose. You get to decide. But anybody that's in Christ is a new creature. God has given us the Holy Spirit of God to live inside of us. And now, as a saved individual, watch this, we have the ability not to sin. Now, we still have the ability to sin. But now, with the Holy Spirit of God guiding us and the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us and dwelling inside of us, we now have the ability to choose not to sin. Stop with the blame game. Man, we are so good at it. Well, you know, it's the devil that made me, made me do it. You know, if God, man, if God gave me a better spouse, if God gave me better parents, I'll take the environment I grew up in. You got both of them, by the way. My parents spanked me too much. My parents didn't spank me enough. I mean, you got, you got both of those excuses. I don't know where. I, don't, I guess you got to fall in the middle somewhere around there. But it's always some kind of excuse. Why? Because it can't be my fault. It's got to be somebody else's fault. It goes all the way back to the beginning, doesn't it? Even Adam. And we think to ourselves, oh, Adam was blaming, you know, blaming Eve. No, he wasn't. No, no Adam was blaming God. It's the woman thou has given me. God, if you gave me a different woman, good Lord, there wasn't a different woman, right? She was it. And guess what, buddy? She came from you, right? So it wasn't anything to do with Eve. It had everything to do with God in Adam's eyes because if God, if you didn't give me this woman, and we've been using that excuse, we've been using that blame game ever since. We need to take responsibility for the things that we've done and realize that we live with this flesh and it's a battle every single day. But we have a new description. And that description is we're new creatures in Christ. Do you remember Paul? Kind of hard to forget him, isn't it? If you read the New Testament, he wrote most of the New Testament. He was a uh, missionary church planter. I mean, Paul... Uh, was a, a tremendous man of God. Tremendous man of God. But before Paul was Paul, he was a persecutor of Christians. Before Paul was Paul, he was a persecutor of the church. And before Paul was Paul, he was Saul, Tarsus. Remember that? And when Paul got saved, when Saul got saved... That's a beautiful picture of 2 Corinthians 5.17. When, when Saul was saved, he was so transformed, he was such a new creature, that his name went from Saul to Paul. He was a new creature in Jesus Christ. You think of Peter. Peter's name was changed. I don't know if you know Peter's name was changed, but Peter's, Peter's name was changed too. His name was changed to Cephas. You know, there are so many, and I know there are surnames and different names uh, when it comes uh, uh, to the Word of God, but that transformation, God has transformed us and given us a new name. He's given us a new song. He's given us a new purpose. Why? Because old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Think about this, number two. Not only has 
if we're reconciled back to God, He gives us a new description. But then think about this. Number two, He gives us a new destination. Verse number eight. Verse number eight of 2 Corinthians chapter five. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You see, when we're reconciled back to God, we have a new destination. You see, you've heard the old song, right? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. This is not our inheritance, folks. This, this world is going to be burned up. God's going to make all things new. God's going to take uh, uh, the earth and the new Jerusalem, and He's going to combine them, and it's going, that's, that's, that's going to be our new heaven. What a, what a wonderful truth that is. Can you imagine the beauty of heaven when you look at this old sin-cursed world and you see the beauty of this old sin-cursed world? What a, we just came back, I was telling you this morning, we just came back from Anna Maria, and one of the things we love about Anna Maria is the sunrises and sunsets. They're just, they're just different. I mean, you watch it go down on the ocean and you see all the trees and they're glowing and you see all the birds all across the beach and you see, I mean, you see this gorgeous sunset. You ever seen a, a rainbow? I mean, you ever see this, I mean, you ever seen a double rainbow? When we were in Ecuador, it was the weirdest thing. Here, it's like you see a rainbow and you see the, the arch of the rainbow. In Ecuador, you see where it touches the ground. It's the strangest thing. I've never seen it before, except for in Ecuador. You see where it goes. There was a couple times I wanted to go see if two things. Number one, if there was any leprechauns, and number two, if there was any treasure. We didn't do it. But anyways, I'm, I'm guessing that you just keep chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. It looks like it's right there. It's like the sun. It looks like it's right there, but it's so far away, right? But you see that beauty. Have you ever seen, have you ever been privileged to see the aurora borealis, the northern lights? There's no words. It's kind of like when you take a picture of a sunset and say, hey, look at this sunset. And they're like, yeah, well, it's the sun going down. Yeah, you had to be there. You had to see it. You had to witness it. When we were on our ship and we had watch, they often would have mine watch. And so on, uh, on the bow of the ship, they'd have this chair that was welded to the bow of the ship where the, where the ship came to a point. They'd have this chair welded there, and then they'd have this seatbelt that you'd have in, and they'd give you a pair of binoculars, and you'd be sitting up there with, um, you know, headphones, and you had to report anytime you saw anything in the water. It's called mine watching. There were many, really any mines out there, but if you missed something, boy, you got a lecture that that could have been a mine and you would have killed everybody on the ship and blah, 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 blah. So you couldn't sit up there and sleep. And it didn't matter if it was inclement weather or not. And so if you were up there, you know, at the time you're up there, you're, you know, throw up a little bit and you're up there and you're, but every once in a while it would be beautiful. You'd be going through and you look to your left and you look to your right and you see dolphins jumping with the ship. Sometimes they jump and crisscross in front of the ship and you 
think to yourself, man, it's like SeaWorld. I mean, it was just, but you had to be there. You go explain to somebody, you say, oh, listen, man, you should have seen these dolphins. Whatever, I've seen a dolphin before. No, 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 I'm telling you, you had to be there. When you see God's beauty, when you see God's handiwork, it's unbelievable. Now think about it. Here, where we live in, you know, we're living in a cursed world. We're living in sin. You look out and you see God's handiwork. Can you imagine looking out and seeing God's heaven? I, I have a hard time even imagining it. You know, we think to ourselves, we think, in my father's house there are many mansions. What is the first thing we think of? Somebody that has a really, really nice house. You ever, you ever go through small town? We love going through small towns. Now, when I was, when I was younger, A to B as fast as possible. Uh, I just wanted to get to my destination. Now, I enjoy the trip, usually. I mean, we go through back roads. If I can stay off of 95 and 26 and I-75 and I-10, I can stay off those roads, I'm thrilled. And you go to those back roads, and you go through those small towns, and you see, like, on the edge of town, this gargantuous house. And you say, well, that, that must be where the mayor lives, or that must be where the governor lives. And you look at the house, and you think to yourself, what a mansion. Now, I can imagine, as beautiful as that house may be, there's no comparison when it comes to heaven. There are things that we cannot comprehend this side of heaven. He's given us a new destination. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And you know as well as I do, heaven is going to be a wonderful place and there's streets of gold and crystal seas and gates of pearls and mansions and all these things that are going to be there. But what makes heaven heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. To be with Him forever and forever. And the Bible says that when we leave this earth and when we leave this body, either through death or the rapture, the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Whether that's paradise in Abraham's bosom, whether that's the current heaven, whether that's the heaven that's coming, whatever it is, it, none of those things, those physical things really matter. What matters is, is we'll be with Jesus Christ and we'll be with Him forever and forever. A new destination. I like to go to new places. When we go out of town, we don't, we don't go to Applebee's and Chili's, and Olive Garden. We can, I'm not a big fan of them anyways, but if I want to go to them, I can go to them here at home. So we always find new places. It's a lot of fun. I'm an adventurous eater. I'll try anything. I mean, absolutely anything. And yes, I have tried grits, and I've tried greens, and I don't like them. I'm sorry. I know it hurts y'all's feelings, but I just don't like them, okay? But I have tried them. I tried just about anything. And so I like to go to these places, and I like to order. I always, I always often, often ask two things. Number one, where do the locals eat? I want to try that. And then when I go and I say, what do the locals eat? Because I want to try that. I like new destinations. I like new things. I like going to places that I've never been before. Can I tell you something? 
He's going to give us a new destination that we have never been before. Think about the most beautiful place that you've ever been. You ever been to the waters of the Caribbean? You ever been to uh, places when I was in the Navy? Boy, I'm telling you, we went up and down the Mediterranean. I've, 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 seen, I, I've seen the Acropolis. I've seen, I've seen uh, Ramsey's tomb. I've seen uh, the pyramids of Egypt. I've seen all sorts of things being in the military. And I'm telling you something, it's, it's something to see. It's something to behold. Has anybody ever been to Ken Ham's Ark? Couple of, I know a couple of you have been there. Now, probably most of us have seen pictures. Now, when we went, if you know, you know what I'm talking about if you've been. You take the ride, and you've got to get in a parking lot, and you get in a trolley, and you, you take the ride over there. And even from the parking lot, you look over there, and you see, wow, that's bigger than I thought it was. And then you, then you get on the, the, the tram or you get on the bus and it drives you over there and then you stand in front of it like that. And you think to yourself, wow. I mean, it's really cool. And to explore it and to look at it, new destinations are awesome. Nothing, nothing in this world will ever compare to the new destination that we have if we are reconciled into Christ, this destination uh, called heaven. So he gives us uh, a new destination. He gives us a, a new description. Uh, and then think about this. He gives us a new direction. A new direction. So he says, we're new creatures. The old things are passed away, but all things have become new. And all things, verse 18, are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And watch this. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So God saves us, right? When God saves us, he reconciles us to God. So now we are reconciled back to God. We're saved. Our sins are forgiven. And then God says, okay, now listen. I'm going to give you a new direction. Here's your new direction. I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation. Now watch this. Be careful. You can't reconcile anybody. You don't have the power to save. You're not divine. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but let me break the bad news to you. You're not divine. You're not sinless. So you can't reconcile anybody. You can't die for somebody else's sins. You, you can't do that. Jesus Christ has already done that. And when we're reconciled back to him, now he says, okay, I'm going to give you a new ministry. And what I want you to do is I want you to be a part of reconciliation. So what is that part? That part is, I forgot the teens were in the thing. I was going to, I was going to have the boys come up here and do this. But here's the part. The part is I'm going to take your hand as a lost person and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guide that hand to God. Now, I can't do it, but I can be a guide. Do you know the Bible says this? There's some water and then some plant, but God gives the increase. So God can use you. You can't save them, but God can use you to help reconcile them. Have you ever had the opportunity to win somebody to the Lord? 
to be a part in to be a part of that. No, it doesn't mean you save them. I had a lady in my old church, and bless her heart, she's with the Lord now. Um, we called her. Her name was Mabel. We called her Ma Bell. That's what everybody called her. She called me. I was young then. She called me the boy preacher, which she didn't know that at the time. But I always loved that because that's what they called Spurgeon was the boy preacher. But anyways, she didn't know that. But anyway, she called me the boy preacher because I was young, and I called her Ma Bell. And uh, Ma Bell would, would always say this, oh, preacher, I'm so excited. This week, I saved so-and-so. Now, me and Ma Bell had several conversations. I said, Ma, you know you can't save anybody. Oh, that's not what I mean. You don't know what I mean. And, and we go back and forth about it. What, what was her point? Her point was, I had the opportunity to help somebody be reconciled back to God. Do you know that's something to be excited about? However you say it, however you put it, that's something to be excited about. That you had a small part in their life. Maybe it was watering. Maybe you planted the seed. But when God gives the increase and you're able to pluck the fruit, well, what a blessing that is to be a part. Tell you what God has given us to do. He's given us a lot to do, hasn't he? God told us, God told us to pray. God's told us to read his word. God's told us to gather together. God's told us all these things that we need to be doing. But let me tell you, you ever heard this statement before? God's last command should be the church's first concern. You ever heard that statement before? God's last command should be the church's first concern. What was his last command? It was the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's a world out here, and listen to me, you don't have to go to Africa, Asia. You don't have to go across the world, though it's good too. I'm not saying it's not. Obviously, we're a very mission-minded church. But you, you know, you can go to your neighbor. You can go to your coworker. I know sometimes... People don't believe this or have a hard time believing it for some reason, but there are lost people in Effingham County. Oh, yes. There are. And all you got to do is go to Walmart and find them. Or Kroger or wherever. I shouldn't have said just Walmart. I mean, I'm not saying Walmart's an evil place. I'm just saying all you got to do is go out in the community is my point and find them, right? Why? Because people may be religious, but are they saved? People may know about God. Do you know how many times I've said this? You probably have said it too. Don't miss heaven by 18 inches. And it's 18 inches the distance between your head and your heart. You can know about Him. I mean, you can know all the scriptures about Him. You can know about all who He is. But if you haven't received Him into your heart and your life, then you're going to miss heaven. But if you have received him, he's given us a new direction. He's given us a, a new destination. He's given us a new description. Because uh, old things are passed away, and behold, all things uh, are become new. A new direction. It was a great day when they came out with GPS. I am Terrible with directions. I mean, terrible. 
we have lived here next month. We in June? Next month, we'll, we'll have been pastor of Ring of Baptist Temple for 14 years. It's hard, to, it's hard to even believe that. It's hard to even think about that. But 14 years. So I've lived in Effingham County for 14 years. So we lived right here at the church for seven of those years. And then we built a house literally like two miles down the road. Now, I don't want to be too far from the church. And, uh, and, and, and have lived there for seven years. Do you know, I can get, I can get turned around. I mean, my wife, she can, she can go anywhere once and find it again in a different state. She can go anywhere once and find it again. She tells me to go somewhere. She is so knows me that when she gets in my car, she gets in the car. She is my GPS. We'll go somewhere. Listen to me. We're going somewhere. We'll come up to our subdivision. She'll say, go right. I'm like, okay, that's a little far. I know, you know, I know where we live. But then when she doesn't say, I'll drive right back past something, she'll say, why didn't you turn? I said, because you didn't tell me to. Man, I get my directions messed up. Kyle? I'll tell you something about Kyle. Kyle will take me down a road. I'm like, Kyle, where are you going? It's a shortcut. To Kyle, there's no way this is going to ah, take you out right where you need to be. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you get that from your mama. You don't get that from me. Direction. Listen, know the direction you're going in. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in the pig pen. And, and with that, the prodigal son happened to the prodigal son. He lost his direction. Went the wrong way. I remember we, we laugh about it to this day. We went down and we went to um, Louisiana. And we got down to I-10. I just panicked. I mean, absolutely panicked. I said, do we go east or west? I know a compass. I mean, I was in the Navy. I was thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself afterwards, I'm thinking, oh, that's really stupid. I mean, it's Louisiana's to the west. Why would you? So I asked Kyle. And Kyle said, east. Mm, I'm calling mama. So I called mama. I mean, we're, you, you, you ever been where 10 is? And boy, you come up on it, and you got to make a decision. It's easy to go the wrong way. I said, listen you got two seconds east or west. She said, are you joking me? I said, don't berate me. Tell me which way to go. And she said, you got to go west. What is wrong with you? And so we went west. And Kyle said to me, well, we would have got there eventually. <laughs> and listen to me. Yeah, eventually you might get there. But you don't want to go all the way around the world to get there. My dad, my father-in-law, famous for shortcuts. I don't know why. No, he, they shouldn't be called shortcuts. They should be called long cuts because he takes you two things, the longest way possible and through the worst neighborhood possible. It's those neighborhoods that you roll your window up, lock all the doors, right? Put your gun out on the side and don't stop at the stop signs. You, know, you just kind of just go right on through. I mean, that's what dad does. And get you, I mean, he'll get you where you need to go. You can get where you need to go. But why do you want to take wrong turns? Why do you want to end up places you don't need to be? When you follow your own way, see, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof 
are the ways of death. But God's ways, they're perfect. God, now, I'm not saying when God says go left and you go left, it's going to be easy street. Right? Uh, you know, the, the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. But he didn't say he's going to make your way straight. There's bumps in the road. When GPS came along, I remember we came here, Ed Pace, uh, when, when, when Eddie and Tracy were still here, Ed Pace bought me a GPS. It was back when the GPSs were, you know, those big things that you plug into your... In your and, I, and I thought to myself, this is it. I mean, tells you which way to go and take a right or a left. If you missed it, take a U-turn, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, there's hiccups. It might take you through a cornfield to get there, but it, it always got you where you needed to go. Let me tell you what, when you're saved and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you know what your GPS is? It's the Holy Spirit of God, and it's the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God. What does He do? He guides you into all truth. What is truth? Truth is the Word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. And God's saying, okay, take a left. The Holy Spirit's saying, okay, take a right. But you know what? Sometimes we're so obstinate. We're so hard-headed. The Holy Spirit's saying, take a left. And you say, eh, I'm going to have to pray about that. I don't know if I want to go left. I'm thinking I want to go straight. I'm thinking I want to go right. Boy, you look ahead, and man, to the right looks a little bit easier. <laughs> it looks like an easier track. I think I want to go right. I know, God, you said left, but this is what I want you to do, God. I don't really want to listen to your direction. I just want you to bless me in my direction. Tell me that isn't 80% of Christianity. God, I got my own plans. I got my own ways. I got my own directions. Bless them for me. Instead of saying, God, what are you blessing? Let me go that way. Let me go in that direction. And when God gives us a new direction, think about this verse. The Bible says that he, he picks us up out of the mud and the muck and the mire of life, right? Sets our feet upon the solid rock. Let me help you out with something. Peter's not the rock. Peter's Cephas. You know what Cephas means? Little bitty petal. Little bitty petal. Rock. That's what Cephas means. You know, the, this idea that, that Peter's the rock and in the gates of hell will not prevail against it because of Peter is ridiculous. Jesus Christ is the rock. And he sets our feet upon the solid rock and then we forget the rest of the verse. You know what it says after that? He establishes our goings. He said, this is the way walk ye in it. He gives us the Spirit. He gives us the Word of God. He gives us people to surround us in the multitude of counselors. There is safety. He gives us all these things, and then He gives us direction. Go this way. You ever turn down the wrong street, and it's a one-way? I've done it. Wendy in the car, of course, I hear it. You know this is a one-way. You know what my response is every time? I'm only going one way. <laughs> Might be the wrong way, 
But I'm going the right way. Listen, if it's telling you to go that way, then go that way. Don't go against the stream. I'm telling you, you're, you're going you're gonna to wind up in trouble. And so many people today wind up in trouble because they forget their identity. And they forget that you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. That purpose and reason is to be an ambassador, a representative for Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight thanking you for the opportunity that we have to look into your word. Thank you for dying for us upon the cross that we might be reconciled back to you. And after we've been reconciled, I pray that you'd help us to understand the results of that reconciliation. That you've given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You've given us a new direction and a new destination. You've given us a new description. You've given us a new destiny, Lord. You've given us all these things so that we might, in this life, honor and glorify your good name. I pray that you bless each one that's here tonight. I know there are many difficulties and prayer requests that are represented in our prayer, Lord, that you'd have your will and your way in the life of your people. And ultimately this week, may we go out into this world, whether that be with our neighbors, family members, co-workers, people in our community, whoever it might be, I pray that you'd use us in the ministry of reconciliation. Be with those that head out in the morning. I pray that you would put a hedge of protection about them and keep them safe. Be with Matt, be with Mary Lauren, be with Miss Lisa as they, as they drive. I pray that you would uh, protect them and watch over them and keep them safe. Help them to arrive safely. Be with them and Emma as they go as sponsors. Give them strength. I pray that you'd give them wisdom as they deal with the children. Pray that you give them a great week this week. Be with the kids, the teens and juniors that are going. Not just from our church, but from every church that heads that way tomorrow. Have your will and have your way in each heart, in each life. May many souls be saved. Many decisions made because of this camp. Dismiss us. Now, with your blessing, help us this week to keep our eyes fixed totally and wholly on you. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Don't forget, next Sunday, we have a VBS meeting after the morning service.